Hello and welcome to episode 178 of Some Like It, Scott. I'm your host, Scott Harvey, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Scott Shelton. Today on the podcast, we discuss the latest world-ending epic from the master of disaster, Roland Emmerich, with Moonfall. But first, how are you, Scott? I'm doing better than pretty much everyone else in Moonfall, I'll tell you that much. Uh, have not had a disastrous weekend. It's, you know, the moon has not fallen to Earth. In, at least it doesn't appear so in New York City. Maybe it's, maybe someone else's experience is different. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> it's cold as hell here. It's really cold um, these past week or two, which is normal. It's normal that it's this cold. But I had been spoiled because it didn't really get cold at all before the new year here. And I was just like, oh, this is this is what we're doing now. And then it's been like, my phone says it's like 15 degrees. It feels colder than 15 degrees here. I don't, I don't trust it. Climate change, man. It's how the moon falls. Like it's, it's really, it's, it's the next step. It first, it gets really cold. And then next thing the moon's going to fall, uh, but don't you know, look that, up. That, right, that would have been up. a beautiful subtext to, uh, to moonfall. I'm sure. But that was not the subtext I think that we got from moonfall. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're probably giving it too much credit to suggest that there was even subtext of any sort. Uh, I don't think that's really what people come to Roland Emmerich movies for. But yeah, I was hiding the eight ball a little bit, but no, I I don't know if there's any subtext in Moonfall. Yeah, our friend uh, of the show, friend of the show, Eli Smith, was getting off some good Moonfall tweets. Like he that had one that was like, "Oh, sorry, I'm late, everyone. The moon fell." Uh, just like making uh, jokes about the title. Sorry, I've got more important things to deal with down here on Earth than the moonfall, which I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pat, Pat, does Pat, Patrick Wilson says that. Oh, that that line was. Oh my God, my 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 theater was in tears. So many lines. Movie. Yeah, there yeah. are quite a lot of lines, and I don't just mean the ones that the screenwriters were doing behind the camera, but uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. All right, Scott. With that, our movie today is Moonfall. I mean, what else is there to say about the film? Honestly, can we just go ahead and go yeah. to the next part? uh bafta nominations all right um no we should at least talk for a few minutes about our film moonfall which is the latest from roland emmerich moonfall stars patrick wilson as brian harper a former nasa astronaut who falls into disgrace after a failed mission leaves a crew member dead brian swears that the catastrophe was caused by a strange singularity that emerged seemingly from out of the void but NASA covers up the mysterious circumstances and throws Brian under the bus while his partner, Jocinda Fowler, played by Halle Berry, gets a promotion when she fails to confirm Brian's story during a formal inquest. Meanwhile, back in the present, conspiracy theorist Casey Hausman, played by John Bradley, comes across data which suggests an earth-shattering event is on its way. The moon is quickly falling out of orbit. Houseman manages to convince Brian that danger is on the way, and soon both men end up back at NASA, where Jacinda enlists them for a redemption mission. Find the abnormality that is causing the moon to slip out of orbit and destroy it with an EMP device. Scott, is Moonfall as soft on logic and hard on spectacle as Roland Emmerich's previous disaster epics, or does its insane premise lead to the kind of goofy thrills that you would hope for? It certainly leads to some goofy thrills, I'll tell you that much. It was pretty goofy. I, I walked out of the film, and I think the first thing I typed was to our to our group chat with friend of the pod Jay, uh, where I'd already, I think, sent off a couple jokes about some things from the trailer from the from before the movie had started about a guy sitting next to me who had, like, basically gone into the fetal position and like you know put his finger in his ears to avoid spoilers from the Batman trailer, which that was I mean that was the thing in and of itself. Um, but then, the, I mean, this film, Scott, oh my God, I think I texted afterwards that this was cat level catastrophic filmmaking, which I don't think cats, that I've seen. Yeah. A movie. yeah. Cats. Yeah. I don't think that I've seen a movie this, this, this goofy, but so not in on the joke since cats. I think that that is the best way that I can describe it. I mean, my theater, which was the huge IMAX screen at the AMC Lincoln Square, humongous screen half full theater were hooting and hollering the entire film there was a guy two or three rows in front of me in particular every single time the elon musk bit came up i mean this guy was shrieking and i have no idea why because it wasn't even that funny but this guy was screaming and it was hilarious this is a hilarious film it is awful this is an awful awful movie I, I actually quite like Day After Tomorrow, uh, which is probably his, it's like probably his best disaster movie. 
right? I don't know. I don't know if that's bad. I mean, it's an all right well. movie. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy Day After Tomorrow. I haven't watched it in probably a decade, which is probably why I still enjoy it. But we can leave it at that. Um, th- this this film is just like truly like invite ten ten of your friends over, watch this when you're like four or five drinks in. Like this this movie is horrible, <laughs> and it, there's like these brief moments where you feel like maybe they're in on the joke. And then you realize they're just like, they're really not in on the joke at all, which is the, is the strangest thing. And, and we were joking earlier that there isn't subtext to this film. I actually think that there might be some subtext to this film. And it's like super problematic, <laughs> like super problematic subtext about like oh, conspiracy yeah. theorists conspiracy are theorists. right. Yeah. Like QAnon is right. Like crazy stuff out there. That's just like, what, what have you done, Roland? Because what have you? What have because you they make a point of also of also like showing that these guys that even even Casey Hausman, who like he's turned out yeah. to be right, he still has like insane beliefs, right? That like the, there oh, are yeah. aliens like built the moon, basically. And so yeah. they make a point of showing you that these people are still crazy, and yet they're right. Like it's yeah, yeah it's not yeah. great. Yeah, it's re- it's really not great. I I had a fun time laughing at this movie. One of the worst scripts I think I've I've borne witness to in in years. Like just awful. Awful deadpan deliveries of awful lines that never forth in the movie. Like there's just nothing I find very few things redeeming about this movie, to be honest. I, I, I gave it, I'll just go ahead and like tell people sort of what I what I rated this movie. I gave this film one star in letterbox because I gave it an extra half star because I laughed a lot in this film. Um, but I did not laugh with the film. I'll say that much. My friend died up there because of negligence. Uh, that was definitely one of my yeah, favorite that, lines. That, that was actually where. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely where it started for me when I realized that it was going to be, it was going to be that kind of movie. Yeah, I mean, you said it like I didn't have the same theater experience as you, so I just didn't really take much pleasure in this because understandable, yeah. Because I need the movie to to not take itself seriously, and Roland Emmerich was never going to be the guy who does that, right? Like he, his movies are all like this. Even going back to Independence Day, you know, they're, yeah. you know, the famous speech of Bill Pullman giving the, uh, you know, the presidential speech there, like that. That tells you the vibe that you're getting. Like he actually wants to treat this like a serious world-ending epic. Like, what if this actually yeah. happened? Even and his last movie was Midway, wouldn't. which is like super serious World War II drama. Like, he's not making Yeah, which did not, yeah. yeah. Also didn't get good reviews. But people st- still keep giving this guy money uh, to a make these big movies. Uh, I mean, Independence Day obviously was a massive hit at the time, but uh, I guess he's probably had some other hits. I think 2012 probably did well just because people were talking about sure. all, you know, the Mayans and all of that around the time it came out. I mean, but, that, you said, yeah. Scott, that, that film did well. That film made $800 million at the box office. 2012 did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's why they keep giving it money. It anyway. did quite well at the and, box office. And Moonfall, I think, did pretty decently this weekend from what I saw. Uh, from but not as good as Jackass Forever, which I guess is the film we should have Yes, reviewed. that is true. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Uh, this Jack actually might have been a more in- enjoyable experience for me personally, but um, even though it was a one-star movie. But yeah, I mean, this movie just takes itself way too seriously. It also makes no sense. Like, uh, it makes no sense, of course, logically. But also, I could not follow the plot at all. Like, at a certain point, <laughs> I was not. like, they're inside the moon. And I'm like, why is there, like, a freaking lab inside the moon? Like, I feel like I just missed some, like, explanations about, like... Those are the, are... the, the humans way back in time that built the thing, but never populated yeah. it. Don't okay. worry about it, Scott. Sure. I mean, yeah, we've talked, I, we've talked worry. full spoilers about worried. this film. We've talked full, full I am not worried about, about it at all. There, we got to the there point... Are these there are these like disassociative scenes that take place when they're inside the moon too. It reminds me of like in mass effect when you have yes. go on like a, a planet and you have like the little holograms that give you more information about the planet or whatever. And you yeah. can like choose to access them and just ask some random questions. That's exactly what it was like. Not to mention one of the most hilarious cameos ever by Donald Sutherland. Oh my God. I was literally just, dumps exposition for five minutes about how the moon landing was like all a hoax and all this stuff and then just leaves i was you like ever wonder why they were out where, where why the feed was cut for two minutes yeah yeah <laughs> he comes wheeling out out of the shadows and i'm like in oh, a this wheelchair. Is be like a, ma- yeah. a major character here and no he's in the movie for for four minutes That's and it. all he does is just 
offer a bunch of random exposition and Halle Berry stands there like, what? No way. You know, like it's, it's just, how it's, else it's would you insane, respond to that, really. Scott? That's exactly how I responded to that in the theater. Yeah. What? No way. Donald uh, another one of my favorite parts is when, so, uh, Patrick Wilson's son, who's played by Charlie Plummer, gets put on trial or goes to court uh, because he recklessly drives the car. We don't understand why he recklessly drives the car either. Like that just I guess he's supposed to be because he's rebellious, but we don't really understand why that is either. That's just like it's a it's a plot device. But anyway, he goes to court and the judge goes, well, hey, since you're 18 now, you're going to be sentenced as, as an adult. And Patrick Wilson is sitting in the gallery and he just goes, what? aren't you going to say something to his son? And I'm like, what is he going to say? He is 18. He is charged as an adult. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I think he was talking to the lawyer, not the son, but yeah, yes. The point is Again, what can the lawyer say? Like, the judge hasn't even said anything controversial. Well, judge, actually, he stole the car before he was 18. Moments before he was 18. Later, he meets the judge in the hallway. Like, he, he, he tracks down the judge, and the judge is like, you got two minutes. That judge would be disbarred if he said that that guy would get two minutes. Like he can. He has two minutes as he leaves to like flee for his life from the moon. Though. Yeah, but even still, like it, he's like he can come back on Monday, but I probably won't parte, be here. Ex parte communicating with like a a defendant's father in the lobby of the courthouse. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, so but also Scott, the moon was falling. So who cares? Yeah, that is true. Um, Gosh, yeah. All uh, of the bits with were... the calculator, calculating trajectory and velocity. Yeah. Oh my god. Just fully uh, sent me. When uh when Charlie Plummer, so when uh, they go find where his mother is with uh Michael Pena, who plays her husband, um, and he they're explaining to him, they're explaining to Michael Pena where uh Brian is, and yeah. they're like, He he went up there to to help us. And Michael Pena is like, he up, the, up where? And Charlie Plummer goes, outer space, Tom. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, and then Tom's friends like, of course he would. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, what? Just, just some amazing stuff. But again, not nearly as much. I think I've ran off all the fun bits now. Like, it's not nearly as much fun as we're making it out to be. Maybe if you have a crowd like Scott's. But I, I had didn't, a crowd. So. That's like Friday, 8 p.m., I had, I had a good crowd. I was mostly just bored. And like, isn't this not just Armageddon? I mean, Armageddon is like the same thing of like, oh, we have an asteroid, um, you know, hurtling towards Earth. So we got to blow it up. Right. Uh, I, they actually are kind of like anti Armageddoning a little bit, though, because they're like in Armageddon. Obviously, they nuke it. But here they're like, no, we can't let the military nuke it. Like and the, mil- <laughs> the military is like, I, also. Could you imagine, too, that like Halle Berry's husband or ex or who ex-husband? No explanation given whatsoever for their relationship or why they broke up or anything. He's like the head of the Joint Chiefs or something. He's like, uh, you know, high high ranking military guy, and he has to turn the key to like send the nukes to to nuke the moon. And he decides not to do it because his wife, his ex wife, is up there. And can you imagine in like a real scenario if that happened, where you're talking about like the moon is hurtling towards Earth is going to kill everyone. And this guy will not turn the key to blow it up because his wife is up, because his ex-wife is up. Buddy, if like if that's your mentality, you probably should not be holding like this high military rank because uh, needless to say, you're supposed to put all that type of stuff on the back burner. But um, what do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Bad performances. Um, you know, just Ooh, everyone boy. playing it super straight. Um I don't I don't really know what to say. John Bradley, like, ugh, um, he, he's, you know, kind of the the comic relief, quote unquote. And that's another thing, like that you know the movie's not in on the joke because it actually tries to have jokes from mostly from John Bradley's character, who is just like quipping as they're like going inside the moon. That's really like the only reason he's there. Um and yeah, so he, it was painful though. Like his humor, the the attempts at humor were not funny. Of course, like the the actual serious lines were funnier than the jokes were for the most part. But um, yeah, so that was that was a mess. Um, yeah, the movie just doesn't make any sense. And not, of course, it doesn't make any sense, right? It's a movie about the moon falling. But again, I couldn't even follow the plot, and I didn't care to follow the plot by the time we got deep into it. And like, there's not enough interesting stuff going on visually or you know just technically in general 
to say, okay, whatever. I don't care about the plot anyway. Like there's cool stuff going on here. Yeah. There was only like maybe one or two moments. I did like the, the, when they, when they actually launched the shuttle to go into space yeah. um, and they like use the gravity, gravitational pull of the moon as it's like directly overhead to, to help them. Cause they only have two engines or whatever. Um, and so two rockets. And so that was, that was kind of a cool sequence. But other than that, it's just, you know, it's gray. It's the color gray. Um, and fine, that's great and everything. But would you like something? Re- <laughs> would you like to hear something reassuring, actually, Scott? In that January 2022, that was last month, if you were curious, Roland Emmerich spoke about the possibility of filming two sequels back to back if the well, first film was successful. They certainly set up the sequel here, right? Uh, like they literally have uh, the movie ends on uh, a massive, yeah. like, shameless sequel uh, opportunity with uh with the john bradley and his mother uh com- communicating in like this again disassociative thing that happens when you go inside the moon or whatever well um, yeah so i mean to be clear he's dead john he bradley is dead yes he sacrifices he's himself like the computer ai or whatever basically in the movie yeah now. but and then john bradley said in response to this if roland goes down this direction that he wants to the sequels would be quote even more batshit crazy than the first. <laughs> I, they're again, they're just like it's like a crazy. Like, it's a crazy movie that's like taking itself too seriously. Yeah, it's just not not nearly as fun as it should have been. Um, it's mostly just a slog. It's over two hours long. It's you know 130 minutes or so, um, and there's some segments that are pretty pretty dull which a movie like this should not be dull right like this is a movie about the moon falling um they just they spend a lot of time in the beginning setting up the characters this movie's not about they the do. characters they like, really do goodness what, why do. why um it's it's all really dumb like nobody cares about these characters the movie this movie shouldn't be about the characters um but they want you to have some kind of emotional you know connection i think you know, I guess Patrick Wilson, right? He has the redemption arc. And then, um, you know, what's his face? Um, John Bradley has like the relationship with his mom and stuff who has Alzheimer's and all this stuff. Here's another thing too about Patrick Wilson's arc. So there's the inquest, right? Where Halle Berry, there, it causes like a, a huge rift between them. Like, because I don't know, he says that she sold him out. No, like if you she watch what actually this. happened, yeah. she literally just well, she literally just answers the question of like like literally the only thing we see is the the guy asks her a question of if it like, was possible. Well, is it possible that a solar flare could have caused this? And she's like, yes, presumably because the answer is yes, right? That a solar flare could have caused what they. She doesn't say that that is what happened. She doesn't say that Brian's theory is not what happened. She simply answers the question of, is it possible that a solar flare caused this? And the answer is yes. And she says yes. And Patrick Wilson like freaks out and is like, you sold, you know, you you betrayed me or whatever, you know, you went against. She did nothing wrong. Like she absolutely did nothing wrong. She's probably under oath answering these questions. Like all she was asked about was whether it was a possibility. Uh, And yeah, so that I, I don't know if it was if there was more to it than that because of like the NASA cover up or whatever, but I don't know. It, it just it struck me as odd. Like, why are you mad? Like, it just seems like an artificial thing to, you know, set up the relationship between these two characters. It's like, oh, they have to heal heal the wounds that were between them. But I didn't really get why there were wounds. Also, the NASA director just rolling out. The start of the crisis just gives gives his oh yeah straight up pieces yeah Allie Berry Allie Berry you're in charge now yeah Uh, I'm out just yeah I I'm very concerned about our military I mean I guess I am in general in the real world too but like the way that the military people and government are portrayed in here is um, not the best again the guy won't even turn the key to now I don't think nuking it would have been the right option. But if your option is, you know, let the moon crash into the earth or, or my wife or my my wife dies, you know, like, I think we know what the, the answer is. Um, Sorry, his ex-wife. My, no, not. My, yeah, my estranged wife, not even my wife. Right. Like yeah. just the mother of my children at this point. Um, if he only said that wife. the mother of my child is up there. Yeah. Well, this wasn't ready player one. Um, yeah. Scott, 
anything more you want to say about the performances here? I have, Again, absolutely, Patrick, I have absolutely nothing else to say about the performances. Patrick Wilson, uh, Halle Berry, John Bradley, um, um, Donald Sutherland. <laughs> Michael, Michael Pena, I mean, I actually think he's a good actor. I don't know what he was doing in this movie in that kind of a, in that kind of a role, right? Like, he's just like the annoying stepdad who then dies, right? Like, he... he Die. They try to give him this like super tragic, empathetic yeah. death. No, he's just a freaking used car salesman. I mean, yeah. again, pre I'm pres presumably they're setting this up for the sequel, where the she gets back together with Patrick Wilson. Of course, um, I think obviously that's sure. Roland's playing the long game here. You have to get you have to get old Tom out of the it's, picture. It's it's so funny that, that you say that because there is a point at the end of the movie where. Like, I just assume they must have cut Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry making out from the end of this movie because they set everything up for them to just make out at the end of this film. And they don't yeah. do it. And I'm like, what? I don't care either way, but what? what is this weird sexual tension that's happening right here? Well, I, well, I guess. I, get, I don't even know what their relationship's supposed to be. Is it just like a professional thing? Work wife. Is it work, it's his work wife. Yeah, right. And they have a little bit of banter about the Toto song Africa. And that's about it as far as like it, their relationship. At what all. a stupid like, bit to have brought back. I'm sorry. What a dumb bit to have brought back up. Yeah, the opening feels like a really familiar, right? Like it feels like the opening to Gravity and the opening to Ad Astra a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Where like he's falling, you know, he falls out of space or whatever. They're, they're up there. I don't know. It just, it gave me vibes of both of those. Um, I mean, for sure. Although obviously those films made by far superior filmmakers than Roland Emmerich, so this just facts. Yeah, this didn't Kelly, do much. Kelly Yu, who's like the one person that we haven't talked about, I guess. Oh yeah, so I was reading student? a little bit. I was reading a little bit about her. Oh, um, this line! I have a line to talk about. There is just an incredible okay. line from this character. I was reading a little bit about this, and basically her character, because her character is pointless, right? A lot of people were speculating that her character may have been put in the movie simply because so that they could get some funding from like these Chinese investors who oh, contributed yeah, like 50 million, yeah, 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 $50 million to the movie or something. So a lot of people are saying they gave this Chinese actress this role in the movie so that they could get that funding. And that's the only reason. And honestly, it kind of feels like that just because her role is so insignificant. Yeah, Tencent did fund what, the, what big, the big portion of this movie. But there's this incredible line. So she's like the nanny, I guess, or whatever. Like, I don't even, I don't even quite understand how it works. Is she, an, is she like a nanny? Exchange, yeah. I guess she's an exchange student. So she's like. She's an au pair. Of, I don't know. Well, she's not an au pair. So that's why I was like, is this like an au pair? Like, what, I don't really fully understand what the deal is. But she's basically the nanny au pair. It doesn't matter. For Halle Berry's kid. Um, and there's a line. <laughs> when they're leaving, she's like, will they take me? even though I'm an exchange student, I'm like an exchange <laughs> student. That's what you're worried about. They're not taking you for. I forgot about that. Oh my uh, God. I, I cackled. I was like, so, what? So, okay. I, I need an explanation on one thing that happens. So it, I guess, it, I think it's that same scene, right? Halle Berry is like the, the moon is falling and she's yeah. gone home and she's like explaining to her, son like what's going on and he like goes and gets is does he get an emp like what does he go and get because then he hands her something and it's like an epiphany to her like oh this is what now i know what we need to do now i know how we need to fix the issue i know what scene you're talking about no i i don't i didn't understand i, 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 could, I could not I understand remember. like what does she, what does he give to her what does she come to a realization because i feel like at that that moment triggers like Oh, this is what we need to do. We need to like use this EMP device. We not we don't need to nuke it, obviously. Um, I don't. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, did the son just go like find find an EMP in his house somewhere? Like, I'm so confused about what happened. But uh, yeah, that was a weird moment. But yeah, <laughs> they take me, even though I'm an exchange student. Was that's a good one. <laughs> that's a legendary line for me. <laughs> like that that might be like a, that that's in the running for line of the year for 2022. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say this movie probably has a few candidates for that. But uh, and then yeah, everything, sorry, I know this has been said, like everything that happens in the third act, like I don't know what I was expecting, but like I got to I got to like when they were flying inside the moon and like you get to like the it dawns on you that like actually what they've done is that the conspiracy theory was right. And I'm just like, what? I cannot believe that this is what they actually did. 
Like, even though yeah. it was so obvious that that's what they were going to do. It gets really weird, but not, so, again, not in an interesting way. Yeah. Not in a good way. Not in no. a, just, just weird. Um, and I was like, like uh, God, this movie is so long. The Like, the single the singularity thing like it's the swarm like it's not really that interesting it's just like a giant claw basically is what it looks it's like it's an ai it's yeah an AI. um it's not that interesting to look at it's got the usual i mean very cheesy very cheesy it must be said like this whole movie in general um also i don't the, really understand how some, uh, not not to take the plots very seriously here scott but they emp'd the moon and my understanding is that the reason the moon was able to maintain its orbit was because of the power system inside the moon. So they EMP'd the so moon, killing the AI. The entire power system. But wouldn't they have wiped out the entire moon well, that way? To, to the movie's credit, right? Like they they EMP the moon, and then the movie ends basically. Like there's like two minutes left of them at the end. Like, yeah, well, we did it, that's and that's it. They don't they don't Weird leave you to think tension. about it at all. Yeah, yeah, they don't leave you to think about it at all. It's like okay the good guys did the thing they were supposed to yeah. do now everything's good the moon's back in orbit we're all happy not uh, clear to me why emp and the moon brought it back into orbit at all but that's fine well as okay. if nuking an asteroid would either uh, i mean yeah again it's just logic whatever. See, what's, what's wrong um, with nuking an asteroid scott i don't understand why wouldn't nuking an asteroid work that's armageddon right i was i was going to point out to another funny line uh again in the cheesy category is when um Halle Berry is leaving and she's saying goodbye to her son. And she's like, I love you more than all the stars in the sky. And he was like, even more than the Milky Way, like her like eight-year-old son. And he, she's like, so much more. Yeah, like, very, very serious. Here? Very serious uh, filmmaking. Even more than the Milky Way. Uh, what a dumb thing to say. Sorry, guys. Scott, they, just want, they basically just wanted to say I love you 3000, but not, but not say that. Right. Yeah. What else is there to say about this movie, Scott? We've said it all, honestly. At this point, okay. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure that. I mean, look, I, I just don't know what else there's look, to talk about. That we can't talk about. Yeah. There's nothing else to talk about in the plot. Look, <laughs> this is not. This is not a movie like an Oscar movie that we've been talking about recently, where there are like th themes to talk about, like serious character arcs, or whatever. You know what this movie is. At this point, we've told you what this movie is. You probably yeah. knew this already. You probably know already whether you're going to like this, whether you're not going to like it. There's an audience out here for this thing. Right? We may we may make fun of yeah. it. We may deride it. We may think it's terrible. And it is terrible. Like, it, it is, terrible. is objectively terrible. Yeah. But there's an audience out there for it. Again, the same people who went to see 2012, the same people who went to see Day After Tomorrow. There no, are people those, who just those, like but watching. Those movies are so different than this one, though, in my opinion. Like this movie is so different than that. I've seen both of those movies. I haven't seen all of them. Not the twenty twelve. Not the twenty twelve. I don't think it's that different from twenty twelve. I think it's pretty different from twenty twelve. That's just like a standard just, disaster film. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the third act of this movie distinguishes it a little bit with all that. I mean, yeah, stuff, right? <laughs> this film's got some big ideas in the third act. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the other thing I was going to say is that this movie made me realize. So it's been over forty years now since Airplane came out. Airplane was spot on with how it spoofed disaster movies. Like, even sure. down to the yeah. scene where they, Patrick Wilson, they tell him, like, you're the only man who can, yeah. like, do what needs to be done or whatever. You're the only man who knows. Who can like, fly. It is exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's who exactly what happens plane. in Airplane of, like, you're the only one who knows how to fly this plane, right? Like, uh, it's, yeah. yeah. That movie just nailed all of the disaster movie cliches. I don't know why they keep trying to make these movies. I guess because they make money. I guess that's the real reason. But, yeah. Do uh, they make, I, I wonder if they make money anymore. I, it was such a fad. It was like such a fad, I feel like, in the well, 2000s. In so, insofar as any original movies make money anymore, I don't know. But like, yeah. again, I think the movie did okay at the box office. 2012 obviously did really well. Um, I mean, this movie made twenty million dollars, but I mean, also 2012 was was in the 2000s. That's 2009. Yeah, that's true. It was. Uh, I, I so do yeah, think... I don't, I don't know. Like we haven't had that many of them, I guess, in the 2010s. I mean, Roland Emmerich did a Independence Day sequel, and that was an absolute disaster. Well, that's because I mean, that, that movie. My understanding is that movie is just genuinely horrible. Yeah, horrible that's what film. I mean. I don't know. I yeah. it may have made money. I don't know, but like I'm I mean, in terms of the quality of the movie, I heard it was terrible. But yeah, I'm I will just, say one I'm, thing. One thing about this. Sorry, were you going to say something about this film? 
Or, I was going to say, I'm just not a disaster movie fan in general. Like, I, I'm sitting here trying to think of yeah. one that I, like, genuinely like. And, like, I'm not really sure that I can tell you one other than Airplane, right? I think Airplane is the one. Yeah, okay, the Independence Day sequel made $400 million. I mean, that's... It probably made that's its money good, back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they gave him a lot of money because, obviously, the special effects are a lot. I will say one thing. And, again, in the first scene of this film, when it was not yet a horrible movie, like, the toe... The to- like the the Africa song thing like that bit was funny the first like I was like okay it's funny like I I know people who make this mistake and weird weird song lyrics and stuff like that I thought that the I thought that the AI whatever the hell it is monster that comes out of the moon like I thought that was like pretty nice like pretty scary I liked it from the first scene it's just like everything after that is it you just realize so quickly the kind of movie that it is like even like literally moments later. You talk about like the 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 hearing scene or whatever where he's he and Halle Berry are in front of this committee. This is like when the when the mom and like goes into the kid's room, which is I guess you know Patrick Wilson's son and and everything like that. Like the God, that is just an awful scene too. Not good. What about what about the scene where John Bradley he goes to like this museum where Brian is supposed to be giving a talk? Oh yeah, the, Griffith, like, the Griffith Observatory. Yeah. Yeah, does he like right? It is a Griffith Observatory, and does he like? He's like imitating Brian, isn't he? Which makes he's impersonating no sense him, yeah. yeah. Because how does how does everyone know that Brian? This is not Brian. Like th- this guy, Brian Harper, or whatever. He was like the subject of like this massive, you know, nationwide, well, it's a bunch of worldwide like really, news. It's a bunch scandal. of like really young kids, though. And, but there's and, like a teacher there and stuff too, like. I don't I'm think that there sure. was a teacher with them. Like, maybe there, maybe there was. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I was like, this seems crazy that they. But also, believe that this guy is. I only figured that out because I was reading the plot summary afterwards. But apparently, it wasn't like a talk specifically by Brian Walker. It was like he's an employee there who's like giving a tour. Like he works at the observatory. So there's no real reason. Like it wasn't like he was being advertised as the one to. To, and to then he goes around. back after the the stuff has started happening. <laughs> Takes through the trash cans. Oh and, well, God. no, not even. Is this like, what you're looking he, for? Yeah, the the security guard just looks down and it's literally right there amidst like all the wreckage. I'm like, what on earth? Like that is yeah. just rather convenient, isn't it? Um, I I will say it's like a huge to me. Cause, so I think yeah. So you talked about like the them taking off using the grab. Like that was a cool scene. Whatever mm. money they paid for those for those like gravity waves or whatever like that was cool there was there was a lot of potential for them to do something interesting with the sci-fi side of this film um in outer space with the moon with the monster did not deliver at all no nothing just nothing whatsoever delivered on that and that that's like that's a big big disappointment i think i i even wanted some more like fun with gravity I feel like they could have had sure. even more fun with Graham. Like when they're doing the car chase, like I wanted more, like I wanted some, some like more yeah. crazy gravity stuff to happen. Which, by the way, that whole subplot is crazy with like these these random like mothers who just keep showing up. Like yeah. they just like fo- they follow them and it doesn't really, I guess they want their oxygen, right? Is like what they keep saying. But I'm like, right. it seems like you're going through a Well, they a stole his car first, there. right? They stole like yeah. the military car. And then they wanted the oxygen. Right. They just they find them in the middle of the woods or whatever. Which okay, that's fine. Whatever. They, they that makes sense. They mug sure. them there. But then they like follow them to the house, right? Yeah. And yeah. then they get the upper hand of the the bad guys there. And then they but well, then they the house. That was the fire department. That wasn't at the house. Right. 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 But then they follow them again, and, and the car chase ensues. It's like, why are you going to all this trouble? Like, is it do they really need Road the oxygen rage, that maybe. badly? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was again very just like a plot device, very artificial. But all right, we've said enough, Scott. Let's let's wrap this thing up before the moon falls on us. Um, Yeah. Favorite scene or moment? I mean, I told you what mine was. I don't know if we need to waste much time. The the gravity wave. Yeah. The lift off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very cool scene. We'll move on. Put a score on it. What do you give Moonfall out of ten? I don't even know. I don't. I don't know what's like. What am I supposed to rate this movie? I don't know. Two point five. I don't know. I don't. We don't go scores this low very often. Sounds awful. Yeah, you know what? Two point five sounds about right. Uh, the movie's not good. 
we just told you all of the funny bits in it, so now you don't have to watch it. Like, if you're gonna, we did you a service. I implore you, if you're gonna go watch this movie, first, don't go see something else instead. Go see Parallel Mothers, which we're gonna talk about next week. Go see Drive My Car. Go see The Worst Person in the World. Go see another film, like almost any other film besides this. Probably better to go uh, see Jackass. Yeah. Okay, I, I just love that you are recommending like foreign art artsy movies to people who's priority would yeah, be yeah, going yeah. to see moonfall That's i don't true. know that there's going to be much crossover in the okay. diagram there i'll rewind watch rewatch interstellar instead how about that can we can we meet across the table at that scott uh yeah you're definitely not going to get any argument for me there okay watch, rewatch interstellar. there have been so many good space movies like yeah you don't even have to watch interstellar like watch you know, gravity I watch, mean, you don't like gravity so no gravity's not that good you know watch ad astra which you mentioned ad astra is great watch you're, gonna rec- you're gonna recommend ad astra to the people going to see moonfall yeah that's that's true that's probably about that's probably like in the same camp as recommending uh you know parallel mothers or something but they're gonna be more mad at you fair. because they're gonna think they're, they're gonna be getting moonfall in that movie i mean interstellar is not again you know Oh come on! We're, but the Interstellar has some like here. wacky, cool shit in that film, like Moonfall, though. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it I has mean, it has the massive wave. It has gar- the black hole. It has Dylan Thomas poetry. Which, it has uh, the ice planet. Wacky. I mean, there's so much cool stuff in that movie. Giant wave. If you're not, uh, yeah, yeah. If you're not going to watch that, if you're not going to watch that though, and you still insist on going to see this movie, for the love of Christ, take some friends with you. To have drink a, a lot. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and drink a lot. That's well. If you're driving, don't drink. Don't drink and drive. Um, of course. But, but if you're if you're gonna if you must go see this movie, for the love of God, take some friends. Don't drink and drive, or you'll end up like Charlie Plummer uh, in court with your father <laughs> sitting there going, "Aren't you gonna say anything?" Um, that was great. Uh, Specifically, right, Patrick Wilson as your father will show up in the court and say that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do it for our discussion of Moonfall, quote unquote discussion. Um, <laughs> we we certainly said short, words about the film. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, if Ooh. the moon hasn't destroyed us all, we will uh, be talking about the nominations for the BAFTAs, the British Oscars. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. back to this episode of some like it scott uh we're going to talk about the bafta nominations here in just a moment uh but first uh let's go to the kool-aid corner with scott uh, yeah. for some casting news uh scott would you like a cup to 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 imbibe with in the in the I think Kool-Aid I'm good corner? right now but <laughs> uh well for those who might not understand the joke uh you know look up where the fr- where like where the idiom or where the saying um, he drinks the Kool-Aid or this person drinks the Kool-Aid comes from and you'll understand the reference we're making uh, because this week the, in in a true deja vu moment for me, Scott, like I was genuinely confused at first when I sent this this piece of news into our chat uh, because Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Chloe Grace Moretz are starring in a Jonestown massacre film. So Jim Jones, infamous cult leader who sort of is the the instigator of sort of this largest voluntary suicide that happened in is it guiana i don't remember where it happened that sounds um, right yeah yeah in the 70s i don't know it was in it, sometime in the mid to late 1900s this happened i don't remember the film's called white knight uh i assume joseph gordon levitt is going to play jim jones not 100 sure about that uh and the reason why this was a true deja vu moment scott is because i could have sworn <laughs> that leonardo dicaprio was set to play jim jones in a different uh or in a jonestown film and that is true yes so for whatever reason there are two jim jones biopics happening at the same time one starring leonardo dicaprio the other starring joseph gordon levitt why why are there two of these movies happening yeah i mean well i guess the answer i know that you're kind of just rhetorically asking that but uh, i think you no, know please answer me it's a it's a very interesting story right and Absolutely. it's never really been, it's never really been made into a film i i i like cult stuff i don't know 
what it is, but I, I Waco, <laughs> the series with uh, Taylor Kitsch playing yeah, David Koresh, yeah. it's been on my list forever. Uh, I thought you watched just, it. No, I haven't gotten around to it, unfortunately. Um, but like I said, it's been on my list forever. I find this kind of stuff fascinating. Sure. Uh, and this is like, yeah, maybe the most famous one. You know, it's between that and Waco, probably. Um, this is, you know, probably the most famous one. So, um, well, there's the Manson it, stuff, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, yeah. it makes sense that um, you know they're making it into a film. I, it's just one of those things where. You know, it happens sometimes where like two movies about the same thing comes out in the same year. We had two Steve Jobs movies in the same year, right? We had those two romantic comedies that had the same premise with uh, Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached. You kind of understand the the job stuff, right? Because like he had died like, you know, three or four years before, which is the time it takes to make a movie. 50 years after this thing, why are there all of a sudden two movies coming out about it? Yeah. Yeah. I get you there. But look, uh, you know, no points for guessing which one I'm more excited about. Um, it's <laughs> yeah, definitely the, the one with Leo. Um, My literal Joseph comment Gordon. was, when I put this in, it was, I think it was, uh, give me Leo as Jim Jones and we ride at dawn. And then I was like, wait, no, Leo was cast as Jim Jones in a different movie. Uh, it's true. Uh, yeah, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think I've talked about this before, but He's just, he's a strange person to me. Um, I'm not a huge fan of him as an actor, to be honest. But then, like, his social media presence, he's just out here posting, like, these, like, viral prompt type style things that you would expect yeah. to see from, like, Rex Chapman or something. Like, he he's like the Rex Chapman of, like, the movie. It's crazy, like, that Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah. we're talking about, this guy was in some of the biggest movies of the 2010s um like he was in inception he was in the dark Knight rises the early 2010s but yeah 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 and now like the last thing he was in was like project power like that's the quality of stuff he he was in an apple t he was in an apple tv plus movie last year too i think okay the one that no one watched it was like the four four five it was some plain movie he was like a pilot oh right i remember seeing the poster for that yeah the Uh, the title of the film was just like the plain tail number or something it was like numbers yeah um yeah, yeah i don't 7, know 500 7500 was the name of the movie that guy's perplexing to me um but i guess i don't know if he's going to try to have a comeback with this movie i mean look i think this is going to get overshadowed right by the the other movie like i think probably pretty clearly when you have leonardo dicaprio playing jim jones do we, we don't do we know directors for either of these yet um i i don't think so I don't th- if if we do, it's probably not big names, or we would have known that. But um, yeah. But if if Leo's doing it, I imagine it probably is a big name, right? Like I can't imagine he wouldn't be working with the big name at this point. But who knows? Yeah, um, I think so. But yeah, um, oh, Justin Gordon was in Trial of the Chicago Seven, Scott. Oh yeah, right, the classic. Um, the classic. Indeed, that classic. He had the he had the worst part in that movie for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what else there is to say, but obviously I'm more excited about this movie with Leo than I am with JGL. Um, but the story is interesting enough to where I will definitely watch both movies because I'm curious about like what are they going to take different angles or are they going to, you know, be the same thing? I, I don't know, but I'll be interested okay, to see the so supporting cast as well. The Joseph Gordon-Levitt version is being directed by Anne Savitsky. Savitsky? Um, who is the director of the, a very British scandal? It's weird. I've met her. Strange that you haven't met her. Um, and then the other one doesn't have a director yet, but is being written by Scott Rosenberg. Who okay. Was the, who was the Venom scribe? Oh, heck what? yes. I'm definitely. Oh, now. my God. Um, what on earth? Let's go. Jim Jones <laughs> is going to be talking to his alter ego for this whole movie. I, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio as Venom. Sure. Why not? Um, let's move on, Scott, and talk about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's actually most recent film is nominated for best film at the uh, BAFTA Awards. The nominations were announced uh, for yeah. the British version of the Oscars. Right. Uh, kind of really the last one left. I mean, the Oscar nominations are this week. So. Um, they're coming two days from the time that we are recording this. So um, very much true. looking forward to that. Um, is it two days or? Yeah, it's on Tuesday, yep. right? Tuesday morning. 
Okay. Very much looking forward to all of our questions being answered, but maybe like one last uh, little award nominations here to give us a clue. Uh, I mentioned there, Don't Look Up was the film I was referring to, uh, is nominated for Best Film along with Belfast, Dune, Licorice Pizza, and The Power of the Dog. Scott, I'm going to be honest with you. A couple things that stick out to me here. Licorice Pizza, it seems to be making a little bit of a surge here, uh, somewhat late in award season. I think early Is on, it a we surge? kind of just, just been steady, I feel like. Well, I know. I think we kind of just missed it early on as like, it will probably get a Best Picture nomination, but it was like, no, by no means a lock. I don't know. I think that I think the reputation is kind of continuing to, to go up. It might even be in the top half of your Best Picture nominees at this point. Um, I also think maybe also in the, the performance department, I would not be surprised at all if Alana Himes' name gets called on Tuesday for um, an Oscar nomination. I think Buzz is surrounding her. I believe she was nominated here, right? She was. Yes, she was. Um, and but did she also get the Important to note, though, I, important no, to note, six nominees in all their categories at the BAFTAs. Yeah, that is true. And they try to make room for British films like uh, After Love. I don't even know what this movie was, but uh, Joanna Scanlon got nominated for this. But they do an outstanding British film category, too, which like has a bunch of random stuff I haven't really heard about, but also has like Belfast, Cyrano, Last Night in Soho, No Time to Die. I found uh, the funniest entry was House of Gucci. I mean, obviously, it is a British film because really Scott directed it. But like thinking of House of Gucci as a British film is. Yeah. Um, is random to me but anyway i don't know uh, maybe it's just the best actress thing but like i would not it would not shock me if alana heim gets nominated I, of course it would it would thrill me i but think that's the like i just look at this baftas list my guy do not get your hopes up this this list is I'm, not I'm gonna not, have any overlap i'm not getting i'm not getting my hopes up for sure i'm just saying i wouldn't yeah. be shocked um but i think there is still a fifth slot for best actress that is up in the air right now because you think, I think there's a few Stewart's people out I think she's one of the people who's in contention for it. I will say that. I think, right. So you have Olivia Coleman, you have Lady Gaga, you have uh, Jessica Chastain, and you have Nicole Kidman, who are going to be locked in, in my opinion. Um, All right. Just had just had an aneurysm thinking about that, but okay. Keep going. And then you have this fifth slot, which I think is like Kristen Stewart's in there. I think Penelope Cruz is in there. I think Alana Hyams in there. I even think Renata Reinsva might have. Yeah, I, I think that Kristen Stewart's definitely the favorite to get that spot. I would say so, too. I would yeah. say so, too. But again, she didn't get nominated at the BAFTAs either. So this is the BAFTAs and the SAGs now. I kind of think that's like about. sort of obvious that she didn't. I mean, like that didn't surprise me. Yeah, because it's not a flattering BAFTAs. portrayal of, of exactly. the royal family, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Spencer just got completely. Also, shut she's out she's general. an American actress playing a British figure. I don't think they probably take that too kindly. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so but she did get shut out here, and she got shut shut out SAG, right? Which was which is a big one. Yeah, that, uh, that that's certainly a bigger deal for sure. For sure. So I'm just saying, I think the door is open for, uh, you know, again, Penelope Cruz, Alana Hyam, Renata Reinsva, somebody to sneak in there and steal the spotlight. But yeah, so here. Um, Again, Alana Heim did get the nomination. Uh, Renata Reinsville also got the nomination. Uh, Joanna Scanlon, who I who I mentioned for After Love, Tessa Thompson for Passing, uh, Amelia Wait, Jones. Has, her name has not been called all year. Tessa Thompson, not yeah, called all year. And that's all of a sudden that's a random one. Yeah, Amelia Jones, very outside shot, I think, as far as Oscar goes. She's in there though. And then Lady Gaga, Scott. Lady Gaga. If you look at like the stats, Lady Gaga is like the one person who has been nominated for like, like pretty much everything yeah. um, in this category. I don't know if that really means anything for Oscar chances. I still think Nicole Kidman is probably the favorite, but um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like saying the words Nicole is, Kidman is the favorite. Jesus yeah. Christ. Her stock is rising and she's has this really weird press tour going on that like might actually be working to her favor. I can't really tell what like the public reception towards it is like she's like doing and saying some pretty like out there stuff on the press tour. It seems like I can't I don't know if I'm getting a again, like I said, I don't know if I can really get a read on how people actually feel about what she's doing and saying. But um, I think it would be pretty disappointing if she were to win as well. But less disappointing than Nicole Goodman. 
I think Best Actress is up in the air. Like, I think yeah. of the four major acting categories, maybe that's the most up in the air of all of them. Because um, you, you think Will Smith is dead on? I do, King yeah. King Richard? How how disappointing that I is. Think, I think, again, bizarre. So I think uh, Cody Smith-McPhee is probably pretty close for supporting actor. Uh, yeah. And then supporting actress, uh, yeah. To be fair, I guess supporting actress is a little bit up in the air, but Ariana Ariana Bose feels like a friend. Yeah, she has yeah. cleaned up kind of so far. So yeah, I think best actress is. Who knows? I mean, again, Nicole Kidman doesn't even make the cut here for uh, being the Ricardo. So um, I don't know. Best director um, here, Aleem Khan for After Love. Um, you have Ryusuke Hamaguchi for. Uh, Drive My Car, Audrey Dewan for Happening, which is another British film, I believe. Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Julia de Cornell for Titanic. Happening, happening uh, is a French film. Okay. Um, another thing I've seen, Scott, people talking about is like the, the Oscars in recent years have done kind of a weird thing with the best director where they give like a fifth slot to like a random person who was like barely been nominated anywhere else. Like remember when they gave Pavel Pavlovsky yeah. the nomination yeah, for, Cold for Cold War, War. a few years yeah. ago. Um, I wonder if, uh, if Julia de Cornell has any chance of being that fifth random slot. Uh, I think it would be a, a huge stretch considering that Titan did not even make the cut for, um, for best foreign language film. Um, I hope it goes but to again, Gucci, obviously, but we'll see. It's a foreign, it's a foreign director. A lot of times when they do this, uh, like I remember Michael Haneke got nominated for the white ribbon. Um, Asgar Farhadi just gets a nomination for a hero. Yeah. I, I, I guess my, my question is if it's not Julia de Cornell, then who's it going to be? Is it, I mean, are we saying Hamaguchi's in? Because I would assume Hamaguchi's not in. That's true. That's probably the one, right? If yeah, I, I would assume he's not either, but if they're going to yeah. give a fifth, slot to a foreign director i feel like it kind of it probably again it's so weird because i like i don't know what the temperature i can't get a read on what the temperature is of like hamaguchi among like obviously we feel like it has to be him the critics i mean it's clearly a critics darling but i don't know if people people give a shit to the academy yeah um the other thing i wanted to talk about scott which circling back for a second to best film Mm-hmm. What do we think about Don't Look Up's chances? Because don't don't let's not even talk about Sean Finnis's tweet. No, I'm not talking because about I think Sean he's Finnis's right. Because I think I that was he's thinking probably about right. this already. Yeah, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, maybe even. I think yeah, I mentioned I think it. it. I mentioned it. I told you a couple weeks ago that I was like, "This is this has got juice." Yeah, I think it is firmly now the third horse in the race, along with Belfast and Power of the Dog um, for Best Picture. I. I think I it'll think be really interesting choose. to see if I mean, cause here, right? Like don't look up gets nominated, but like, does it even receive a single other nomination? I'm just like scanning the list right now. I think that's yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio got nominated. Yeah. Okay. I got screenplay. I got a screenplay nomination and Leo got nominated and yeah. Leo got nominated. Okay. I think it'll be telling how many nominate, like I think the number of nominations that don't look up gets will tell you if it is that third horse or not. Sorry. I just chuckled. Because being the Ricardos is nominated for best original score, we're talking about how uh, Nicole uh-huh. Kidman was not nominated. I was like, oh well, they just didn't watch being the Ricardos. It's in best original score. I could not tell you a thing about that score. Also, don't look up as in best original score. But that was Nicholas Bertel, wasn't it? So that makes sense um, that he would get it. I guess you love Daniel Pemberton. Um, I can't believe you don't remember the being the Ricardos score. Yeah, that is true. He does do good work, but. He also did Trial of the Chicago Seven. I don't remember anything about a score from that. It's, Most Anola importantly, Holmes, he did. Man, that was the he one. Did that he should have gotten score. Yeah. He should have gotten yeah. nominated for Anola Holmes. But um, yeah, uh, I guess just a couple other things. I don't know that these really mean anything, but I mean Jesse Buckley and Ann Dowd both did get nominated for Best Supporting Actress, which is pretty Mike cool. Mike Feist. Uh, yeah, Mike Feist got nominated, and Woody Norman got nominated for Come On, Come On, which was a random inclusion. He's the third probably the third best performance in that movie yeah. uh, for me but uh yeah. definitely like the third cool. i mean i love child that movie. actor performance this year best child actor performance is matilda lawler in station 11 which is 
it doesn't count obviously for this, but uh, wow, that's one of the best child performances you'll ever see. She's unbelievable. Um, Scott, technical categories, you know, kind of what you expect. Uh, one thing I did want to point out, which I love seeing, is that Summer of Soul got a nomination for Best Editing, um, which it absolutely should because that movie is stunningly edited. Uh, but I don't know that it will at the Oscars. Um, Nightmare Alley, Scott, which I just watched over the weekend, um, got nominated for Best Cinematography, which I completely agree with. Uh, that movie is gorgeous to look at. Um, I didn't really GDT love the movie film. in general. It's got GDT vibes. Yeah, I didn't really love the movie in general, but like I, the technical spectacle, I was like, I kind of actually do wish I saw it in theaters, even though I didn't love it, be- just for that. Because is it like, not still showing near you? I don't think so. I think it finally left the indie theater. It's playing uh, in black and white in a bunch of places now in New York. Yeah, it's at the Alamo Draft House in Raleigh in black and white, but uh, obviously I'm not going to go all the way out there to see that. But um, but yeah, so Nightmare Alley getting the nomination for Best Cinematography. That would probably actually be my choice, honestly. I can't think of another movie. I mean, the tragedy. Dune, of that, you son of a bitch. Cinematography. Dune, sure, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I thought I was really taken with how Nightmare Alley looked. Um, and it's got production design as well, as did the French Dispatch, which, yeah, I mean, Wes Anderson should pretty much always get nominated for production design at this point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to add up, add here for the BAFTAs. They do this Rising Star Award that the public votes on, um, sure. which like Ariana DuBose was in there, uh, Cody Smith McPhee, but also like LaShawn Lynch. Um, so from No Time to Die, I guess. I was uh, like, Millicent Rising Simmons. Star? Like, this person was like a main supporting role in Captain Marvel three years ago. What is this Rising Star nonsense? That is true. Uh, Millicent Simmons, obviously, the hearing impaired actress from the. Uh, yeah, Quiet but Place again, movies. like three years ago. <laughs> what, what is a Rising Star now? <laughs> yeah, that that is true. I, I guess, you know, to be fair, they did give her a little bit more to do in this Quiet Place film than they did That's in the true. first one. So that was good. And then Harris Dickinson, who was in uh, The Souvenir Part 2 and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The King's Man. I don't know if that really <laughs> counted or helped him or hurt him uh, in the public voting on this. Yeah, but he is the lead yeah. in that. So he's I think um, he's um, is he the the co-lead in Where the Crawdads Sing? I think he is. Oh, he might be. I think he's starring opposite okay. Daisy Edgar Jones in that. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. Uh, just, I guess, interesting names to watch out for there. Um, all right, Scott. Uh, Hosted by Rebel Wilson. What do you think the What do you think the monologue is going to be? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, when is this being held? March 13th. Cool. Uh, I will make sure to watch. I'll make sure to watch get it my VPN. VPN going or something to so that I can watch. I'm sure that airs. I'm sure it airs some. Uh, this has got to. This has got to air somewhere. Where can I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm probably being cynical, but whatever. Um, all right, uh, Scott. Anything you want to add in general before we wrap up? Uh, you know, no, <laughs> no honestly. Enjoy enjoy <laughs> okay. the next few weeks of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will we will have to do that. Um, yeah, I saw Licorice Pizza one more time last night, which uh, enchanting experience. I don't know what else there is to say at this point. It's quite quite good. Um, okay, I watched I watched the conversation for the first time last yeah. night uh, at in 4K restoration, 35 millimeter at the Film Forum downtown Manhattan. Great film, wonderful film, A plus. What, what a, what a three movie run. Coppola made The Godfather, squeezed yeah. in the conversation, and then made The Godfather Part Two. What a run! I mean, did he not make Apocalypse Now after that? Was there a film in there in, in there somewhere that I was missing? I'm glad. Apocalypse Now was like five years later, though, so he took like a break after it Godfather was, yeah. Part Two. I uh, I'm glad that they're doing this, showing these movies like that in theaters up there, Scott, um, so yeah. that you can get to experience some of these older films. Because uh, yeah. A lot I'll of them are watch quite eight good. Mifune films at the, end, at the end of February, beginning of March. Tune in. Yeah, I'm actually kind of jealous of that because Kurosawa is definitely one that I've only watched one. And I really that's one I want to do a dive on at some point when I get get time. But getting you, uh, time is, is a hard thing. So. Roll through early March, early March. We can rip a few out. 
I'm busy early March, unfortunately, but or else I would. But all right, Scott, that'll do it for this episode of Some Like It, Scott. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have and you'd like to support us, don't forget about our Patreon page at patreon.com slash media plug pods. Uh, even if you can't support us over there, though, uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, like, do all of the things that you do on your preferred podcast app. And we hope you will be back for our next episode on which we'll be reviewing the latest film from the acclaimed Spanish filmmaker Pedro Almodovar. That's Parallel Mothers. But until then, for Scott Shelton, I'm Scott Harvey. We'll see you down the road.